0: welcome back to the show this is the wild soul podcast with your host queen Day, aka shannon what's good what's going on i know it's not hump day surprise <laughs> it's friday my second favorite day of the week and i just wanted to say thanks so much for coming back listening every week and all your messages with love and support i'm just feeling it thank you for being here Thank you for continuing to listen. It means the world to me. And just wanted to ask you a favor before we get into the podcast. If this episode resonates with you, to either please rate this episode, review, or subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And also take a screenshot of this episode, post it on your social, and tag at the Wild Soul Podcast, just so other people can learn and learn about the podcast and Yeah, just level up, and I feel like this episode will definitely help people today. Um, I took a few weeks off recording the podcast just because energy of October was pretty intense. I don't know about you guys if you felt it, but it was just a little bit wild. (laughs) Fitting for the Wild Soul podcast, and I just wanted to take a a few weeks off just to regroup and. This always happens with the podcast. People email me and they want to be on the podcast and share what they do. And this couldn't have come at a better moment, the guests that I have on today. and I'm gonna be upfront and really real with you right now. disclaimer with this podcast. I get pretty I get pretty raw in this podcast and share um, about a topic that I've kind of been dealing with throughout quarantine quarantine, Corona, whatever the heck, this new way of living as of now, this year, 2020, um, something that I've been going through for the past seven months in regards to a relationship that ended in my life. And I haven't been super vocal with it on this podcast like I have with my previous relationship. So I get coached today by a relationship coach through this. And it is my hope that it helps somebody else. I hope you can take something from this and learn through my experience or even learn through what I get coached on. So, on today's episode, I get coached by the lovely Monica, and Monica has a background in psychology, law, law of attraction, spirituality, and she helps people move to love consciousness. And her and I actually both believe that we are the beginning, we are at the beginning stages of a global evolution of consciousness and that we attract partners who match our vibrational frequency. And because we enter into relationships largely unconscious, our subconscious mind seeks partners who will wound us in ways that are similar to our original caregivers. So our parents and people that we grew up with. And these unconscious relationships end dramatically, they end painfully and quickly. And they leave us feeling abandoned, hurt, and betrayed. And this unrelenting pain is part of an evolutionary upgrade. And it's nature's way to help us heal, grow, and evolve. And Monica went through this herself. She was in a 10-year marriage that suddenly abruptly ended with no explanation and through her healing and her work and from her studying with the world's best psychologists, coaches and healers for over a decade from their teachings, she has built a program that blends all of this together to help you cultivate conscious relationship so I'm really super excited for you guys to meet her to hear what she has to say and to potentially work with her in the future and what's really amazing about Monica too is she's given the listeners a chance to win a free one hour coaching session with her which is over a1200 value if you go to her website, which is School of Love NYC. Again, her website is schooloflovenyc.com. Get on her newsletter and you will automatically be entered in in the contest. So go do that now. She is amazing. I love her vibe and what she stands for and what she helped me through in this podcast. And I know you are going to love her as well. All of her links are on the show notes in this episode. So if you need more questions, or if you have more questions, if you need more stuff answered, um, just look at the show notes. Her website is there. All of her info is there. And just, I invite you to stay for the whole conversation. And maybe you see some patterns that you possess yourself in me and my patterns, or maybe you've gone through a similar experience. So We'll just get right into the episode today. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Thank you for the support. And let's have a kick-ass November. I will see you next week for another awesome interview. But here is Monica. Monica Freak, welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. I am so excited, so excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. I am such a fan of yours. I love the work you're doing and Thank you for making time in your busy schedule to talk to me today.
0: Oh my gosh, likewise. And like we were saying before we started recording, I feel like this is like a God shot or like God put you in my life at this particular time for this conversation that we're about to have. Like it is so in alignment. I am just really yeah, honored and blessed that you're here talking to me. Oh,
1: I'm so blessed that you feel that way. Yeah, I totally believe in synchronistic events and I think that we attract exactly what we need at the right moment in time. So I'm glad I can be that for you today. Oh my gosh. Okay.
0: So the first question I always ask my guests is who they are. So in a nutshell, I know it's a huge question, but who is Monica?
1: So I am the founder of a business called School of Love NYC. I'm based in New York City, but I have clients around the world. And my specialty is I help women build exceptional love lives using psychology spirituality um, principles of attraction and law i was a lawyer for 20 years before i started building this business and my purpose here on earth is to create relationships in the fifth dimension of consciousness so conscious relationships between people who've healed their childhood wounds and can really like up level um, into a kind of relationship we've never seen in the world before Wow. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And especially I feel people need that in this time with what is going on with 2020 and all. I feel like it is definitely a consciousness shift. And I'd like to say up leveling, but I feel like right now there's this this dynamic of like it could go two ways. And especially with today, because today is November 3rd with the election going on in the states and that's where you are right now and you're in New York City where I heard from the news that back in like March and April, it was wild with all the cases. Like what is it like there right now? Like election day, what is the energy like over there?
1: Well, I think the energy, you know, generally in the United States right now is pretty mm-hmm. anxious and tense. Um, we not are, only are in the middle of a, a very important presidential election but you know, as you've been seeing on the news, the United States is getting battered. You know, our um, economy has really been affected by the pandemic, um, and in addition, our democracy. Um, I think that we are all becoming quite awake in 2020 to all the institutions that are no longer working, um, and government definitely is one of them. You know, I'm, I'm generally speaking an optimist. So I really like to see the opportunities and, you know, I also think there's enormous opportunity coming down the pike. I think that um, you're right, 110%, you're correct. We are right now in the very nascent stages of a massive global shift in consciousness. And, you know, from my study of psychology, so I studied with the world's top psychologists and healers for over a decade. and. From my study of psychology, I think that we're going to go into basically the fourth um, industrial revolution. So the world is going to become very digitalized. And I think there's so much more opportunity than we've ever had, especially as women, um, to step into really um, powerful positions, to marry um, patriarchy with matriarchy, Um, so head and heart coming together to create in a way that serves and where foundations of empathy and compassion are at the heart of business. I also think we have enormous opportunity to create relationships like we've never seen where we heal old patterns of behavior um, and we actually find our voice and create boundaries and step into very dynamic partnerships with very strong men who really venerate really strong women. So I just, you know, for me, I'm really filled with optimism and sometimes I just think things have to break down before the next iteration comes down the pike. And you just have to learn how to self-soothe some of that anxiety um, while structures are coming apart, you know?
0: Right. (laughs) I think that's what's happening right now. Structures are definitely, yeah, falling apart. And you said you worked, so you worked in law and then you worked for the mayor, you said?
1: Mayor? yeah so i was a lawyer for 20 years wow that's so crazy it is <laughs> crazy well i also was a public servant for about 15 years i worked for the city of new york doing social services so i served the most vulnerable people the homeless the elderly um children and families um, that were living on the fringes of poverty. And that was always what I just, you know, that's what my heart was really called to do. Um, I started working for New York City under Mayor Michael Bloomberg, who, you know, you might've heard of him. He's the billionaire who started Bloomberg (laughs) and he became our mayor. And that was such an interesting experience for me working for a Republican mayor, when I had always been a lifelong liberal, um, because what I found that he did exceptionally well was that he carried public policy really forward. Um, at the same time, he had a real um, penchant in watching the bottom line, probably as a corporate leader, just really watching, you know, to make sure that the city was running in a fiscally sound manner. Um, then I worked through the trans- transition of Mayor Bill de Blasio, and he, being a liberal, I was excited for him to come into mayoral leadership, but I was pretty um, soon disappointed um, just by the complete, not only incompetence of the way the administration ran, but also it seemed to me that they were using taxpayer coffers as kind of fun money. And you can see that on the national political stage. You can see that on the state political stage, you can see that in local cities, where it's kind of like I feel that the tax burden isn't being fairly carried across the board. You know The millionaires and billionaires during the pandemic have made enormous amounts of wealth. They don't pay into the system, which you're seeing now with Donald Trump. And yet, you know, the average tax-paying American like myself. Who has to buy health insurance on the open market is being price gouged, while these people are, you know, like President Trump is going to Walter Reed Hospital on my taxpayer money, but he doesn't actually pay into the coffers. So, you know, when I was working in public service, I saw that kind of very, to me, narcissistic behavior, um, what is classic narcissism where they put themselves first and there's no mutuality in the relationship between the leaders and their employees or the leaders and their constituents. Um, I saw that happening and I was pretty appalled by it actually. So did that make you want, want to leave
0: or stay and change it?
1: Well, you know, I always just felt like the most important thing was to do your job well. Um, but at the end of my career, what ended up happening was I was working at a social service agency that serviced elderly adults. Um, one third of our workforce was over 65 years old. And I think that, you know, what was happening is a lot of people couldn't retire because the cost of retiring in a major metropolitan area where the rate of inflation is higher than perhaps you get raises, was making it impossible for these people to go into retirement. So they kept working. Um, What ended up happening was some of those employees started coming to me and complaining of retaliation and discrimination, that they felt they were being pushed out by leadership. And as a lawyer, I just simply did what I felt was my duty... Ethically under the law, but also the responsibility of my job and I started to investigate those and then pretty soon they were retaliating against me Um, The final straw was they fired me while I was out on family medical leave because my own father was dying Um, And it was just honestly such an eye-opening experience and I'm so glad that it happened because one It really gave me the muscle to speak up in the workplace, um, something I felt a lot of people didn't have the license to do. And two, it pushed me to step into my company full-time, which I had been building on the side for a passive income. And that really, you know, I started a digital company seven years before the trend, and it's allowed me freedom and flexibility and to work with people and build something that I feel is really important to the world. And I really felt like, you know what, we need more leaders in this world who are doing the right thing. So I felt like I had outgrown the system. And you know what, the natural outgrowing of a system is you up level, and I really feel the future is digital. And I feel it's really like conscious capitalism is what I call it, where it's like, you make money by doing good and, and. Creating solutions that governments or patriarchal institutions have failed to solve at this point in time. Mm. So I don't know. I kind of feel like it all happens for a reason, but it certainly was an eye-opening experience for sure. Yeah. Wow. It sounds like it, and it just
0: sounds like you are on your right path and and serving people in the way that they need to be served at this point in time. Honestly, because um, with the the whole theme of of narcissism, I feel that people. I don't even know if people realize, like, I guess we could have this conversation about, about Trump. Like, do you believe Trump is a narcissist?
1: I believe that he has, so I haven't sat and examined him and I would love to, if I ever got that, I would love the opportunity. And I, you know what, I don't think it's a good practice, just generally speaking to diagnose people until you've seen the full Circumstance, the Mm -hmm. full 360. And that's in anybody's life, right? You know, like Mm -hmm. I deal now with relationships all day. And, you know, people will say, well, I'm right and he's wrong. And I'm like, well, you have to listen to the full story and you have to listen to both sides. And the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. That's correct. (laughs) Right. And (laughs) so for me now, you know, and maybe it's part and parcel that I've worked for a Republican mayor that I really respected. And I didn't agree with everything he did, but I really respected his leadership. And I've worked for a democratic mayor um, who I did not respect his leadership. And I've always considered myself a lifelong liberal. So, you know, maybe it's part of that. And maybe it's part of psychology, which, you know, the higher echelons of psychology are really to move out of black and white thinking and to move out of like, that's right and that's wrong. And I think where I come at the problem for me is that we are at a pain point in society collectively. You know, we have a pandemic. We have potentially financial fallout. We have, you know, systems that are inefficient or creating greater inefficiencies, the healthcare system, the education system. We have climate change. We have a lot of really large-scale problems. And to me, what happens with partisan politics is it's a ping pong back and forth so what i see that as is a gross waste of taxpayer money and it's also not to me it does not feel like who should come first is the constituent you should always do best what's for best for the global economy but you should also do best for everyone and i feel like partisan politics has made it like well i'll meet my base And they meet their base, and it should be higher level thinking where basically we put politics aside and we start to align needs. You know, as a lawyer and as a trained mediator, I am often just questioning why they haven't brought in trained mediators to get beyond the partisan politics and actually solve problems. You know, I Mm. um, spend a lot of time in Portugal, I love Portugal, and one of the things that their political leadership did as soon as the pandemic came down for their country, which they realized their healthcare system could not handle you know, a massive influx of deaths, the political leaders were like, let's put politics aside. It's not time for that now. And let's figure out how to protect our constituents to the best way possible. Because there's a lot of people hurting. Small businesses hurting. Parents are hurting children are hurting. Everybody's hurting. And I'm kind of like, I've gotten to the point where I turn off the television because I'm like, unless someone is going to speak sensibly and calmly and actually do what they're getting paid to do by our backs, I don't want to listen anymore to fighting. I'm Mm -hmm. tired of listening to fighting. That's all it is every single day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You make a good point
0: where is the mediation in any of it like it is just like back forth back forth and it's been that way i feel like forever and it's like obviously this isn't working and we need to change it up
1: it's like a marriage that has gone south (laughs) and nobody wants to either like leave the marriage or like fix the marriage right like like those are your choices your choices are fix the marriage or leave the marriage because the choice of driving the kids crazy all day mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and spreading your toxic noise, that's not a choice anymore for me, you mm-hmm. know? So I don't know. I, that's kind of where I've come at it what a, what a good
0: analogy. <laughs> I guess. Um, speaking of marriage, um, I read in your bio that you were married and then your husband just got up and left you like with no, nothing. Can we talk about that? If you're oh, of okay. course, yeah. yeah, yeah. we can talk
1: about all of it. It's how mm-hmm. I started my business, you know? Yeah. It's like I had this hugely traumatic life event and, um, and it's, it's honestly, it was, it, and now I feel so blessed because it was like a catalyst for a really profound spiritual journey that I've been on for, you know, over a decade. Um, but just even starting to study relationship psychology And starting to understand all the things I didn't understand. You know, I'm not even like outwardly focused. It's not really about my ex-husband or what he did or didn't do, but it was sort of about me, I think, coming into full consciousness as a woman Mm -hmm. and growing myself up emotionally. I feel that. Well, what do you feel? Tell me what you're struggling with and then maybe I could even help you a little
0: bit. Oh goodness. Okay. (laughs) It's so interesting because I haven't talked about this really in my podcast. I've talked about my four year relationship that I had that ended. So I was with someone for four years um, and it ended last August. So that's been a year ago and it was good because we ended it consciously and we broke up like a conscious uncoupling, quote unquote, whatever oh, they say these that's days. That's great. Yeah, okay. it, it was really great and it was a good relationship. And then I got involved with someone long distance, and that was October, like basically a year ago. October last year, went there because he lives in California, went to California to visit. Before you I went, went to him, he didn't I, come to you. No, I went to him. He invited me over there. (laughs) So I and did he pay for your ticket? He did.
1: (laughs) Okay. And was there a reason he
0: didn't come to you? Well, I was kind of I because of the breakup that I had before. I moved because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Where do I? Like, we lived together, and I had to move back to my parents' house. And then I was like, I don't want to live with my parents. And then my sister lives like four hours away, and she's like, come move in with me and we'll see how it goes because you've always wanted to live in this town called Kelowna and I'm like yeah okay why not so I was living with my sister and her three children or my nephews and like her husband. Okay. And her so it was like not the place to bring somebody.
1: Okay. 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 <laughs> now I'm getting a better picture. Okay.
0: So he was like, yo, like I'm starting a new business. I need some help anyways. Like come hang out um, in California and like get away. And like, it's super sunny here. And it was like basically snowing where I was because we live in North Ca- uh, Canada. So I couldn't see Like we started talking in September of last year, but I couldn't see him till October and I wasn't visiting until October. So we had this um, like FaceTime relationship for over a month and a half Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and grew to like each other quite a bit and thought I knew this person. I go down there, have a really great first day. And then the second day it goes like 180 switch. He's not nice. He's like, yeah, yelling a little bit. And like, I've like triggered him in some sort of way. And then we beef for like a couple days and I almost leave. I'm like, this energy is not nice. Like, I don't know what to yes. do. So why didn't you leave immediately when the why energy Why didn't I bad? leave?
1: Right? Why didn't I leave? Well, that, well that's the question I want. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. Let me tell you where I come at relationships from. Okay, let's go. <laughs> okay. I come at them from... They're really not about the other person. I mean, we think that it's about the other person and on some level it is, but it's really just a mirror to look at ourselves right? and to ask ourselves, you know, one of the biggest um, hurdles I work with women about is fear of abandonment. You know, even what I, happened to me where my, you know, my, my ex-husband of 10 years just walked out of my life. Like talk about mm. a traumatic abandonment right? But the thing that I recognized is that many times I had abandoned myself in that relationship by putting up with behavior that was killing my vibe. Mm -hmm. And by basically not setting a consequence that I enforced, all I did was basically feed bad behavior. Mm-hmm. So here's a question I wanted to ask for you. Yeah. The first time he raised his voice or was we'll call it crunchy with you. <laughs> crunchy. <laughs>
0: That's a good word. <laughs> right, the
1: first time that happened, mm-hmm. what went through your mind?
0: Uh instantly I was like, whoa. Like my intuition was like this is not a good sign or feeling. Like right away it was like something's not right.
1: And were you staying in him, his house with him? Yes. Okay. And so the only person you really knew was, you know, have you ever heard this Chris Rock joke? It's one of my favorite Chris Rock jokes where he says, dating is when the ambassador of you meets the ambassador of me.
0: No, I've never heard that before.
1: Okay. Do you know what that means? No. It means that like basically when we date, we send our false representative, like, right? Like we send the the nicest version of ourselves because we want this hot, attractive person on the other side of the table to like us, right? (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And you're using a technological medium Mm -hmm. where you're meeting somebody's ambassador to Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. And now you're putting yourself in a position where you're captive in their house. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like maybe how could you have met the same goal, which the goal to me, it sounds like was get out of your sister's house and the kids and just have some space for a <laughs> minute to breathe, <laughs> have a good date, go out and meet somebody new. Right. Yeah you're crossing borders. So you're in another country, which means that you're really like out of, I mean, like if some stuff went down, like I know who to call in the United States when stuff goes, but in Canada, I would be fumbling around being like, I don't know (laughs) who to call if some stuff goes down here. Yeah, how could you have maybe protected yourself? So remember what I'm saying to you. This is about you never abandoning yourself first. That your love of yourself is so fierce and strong and great that no matter what, you're always going to take care of yourself. And you're going to go as slowly as possible. Because love and relationships are not a speed game. They're actually a slow game because you're trying to figure out who somebody is so i mean can you hear that does that sound uh, did that sound like crazy no
0: no i don't think so yeah i do believe that you know it takes time to get to know someone and relationships yeah i feel like are slow and steady and the ones that go like super fast and quick or i don't know what those ones are but not the long-term ones. You know what I mean? It was all very fast and intense. And I guess if you're talking about me loving myself, I could have uh, set it up in a different way to be a little bit more safe because technically I really didn't know the person. And I was just like, okay,
1: let's go all the way to California and go to their house. Well, you know, I mean, I'll tell you something. I just feel like it really is a game of consciousness and vibration. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it takes time to get to know people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could never have anticipated, I mean, honestly, when I tell you, I could never have anticipated my husband, my ex-husband walking out on me the way he did. I, I knew that person for 10 years. Yeah. When that happened, my mind blew up. And, you know, I have clients, this is God's honest truth, who have been married for 25 or 30 years and one day their husband walks out on them and they never see them again. And what coming into consciousness is, is really asking yourself the deeper questions because we all have an intuition and a knowing inside ourselves. And it's super powerful. But the thing is, we have to start to trust those feelings and we have to key into them. And the rate the world is moving with technology is so fast that it's sometimes hard to create the space that we as. Fierce women in feminine energy need to go inside and say, Do I feel good about this? Like, is this safe for me? Do I want to do this? Or I don't know, maybe the solution to that problem would have been um, Will you pay for my hotel nearby? And, you know, and let's have each date be two hours. I'm going to stay for two days. We'll do two two-hour dates. And that way, I have an exit. Mm-hmm. If some crispiness happens, I, you know, if crispy happens on the first day or the second day, I have an exit. I got a place to stay that's safe. I can call an Uber to get myself back to the airport. And I'm not in a vulnerable place where I have to take somebody's emotional or, you know, God forbid, physical abuse, you know? So I kind of see that, you know, and God knows, like, I, you know, I'm preaching, but like I've been in so many, I've put myself in crazy situations. <laughs> and you know what happened is I just realized that I just don't ever want to put myself in a bad situation ever again. And no relationship is ever worth being even 1% hurt. Amen it takes a lot of time to heal from. Mm
0: -hmm. Which I think I've been doing for majority of, well, basically since the lockdown and quarantine has happened. Like this, since April has been all of that and healing and still more so, I think. Like it's been wildly transformative and yet I'm still in it. And it's like, why? why (laughs) the question is always why so So I went through a four-year period of healing oh geez I'm just like hey can I be done now like why is it so like with my previous relationships I was in a four-year relationship a five-year relationship this relationship was like four or five months and I'm still like why am I still thinking about this person like every day obsessed are you in no contact right now no, this is so wild. No contact, we've had no contact since April. Uh huh. And he messages me on October 31st. After I block him, we had each other not blocked but my energy was going to like his Instagram and just looking at him all the time. And I'm like, Oh, I need to okay, block him, block his phone number. And then for some reason, I guess on WhatsApp, that doesn't work. If you block it just on your phone, you have to go into the app and also block the number. So he messaged me on WhatsApp and uh, I was like, who is this? Cause the number didn't come up. And I was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> which is so weird because I've been honestly wanting contact. And then it happened. And now I'm like, I don't know what to do. So, and now we're having this conversation and I'm just like,
1: well, let wanna. me ask you this question between your long-term relationships. How much time have you just spent in alone? relationship alone? Yeah, not hardly, hardly any. Are you afraid of that?
0: Well, I don't think I'm afraid. It's just interesting because I left the time before my four-year relationship with my five-year relationship um, I was ready to leave and then be single I wanted to be single for a while and then three weeks later I meet this person that is literally exactly like me and we have so much fun and I'm like I don't want to be in a relationship but you're really cool so let's hang out and then that ended up being four years right so and then oh, same, wow. same thing, I break up with my boyfriend last August, and then I'm like, okay, hey, gonna be single. And then this guy that I met a few months ago prior calls me up randomly the next month. And then I was like, okay, I don't know. It's so weird. So now I literally haven't dated anybody since April. I've been alone, no like going on dates or anything and just really focusing on myself and healing. And it's been really lovely, but also really challenging, struggling with what all happened with this relationship that we're talking about now?
1: Well, so there's something in relationship psychology that you should kind of just put in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. And that's called um, repetition compulsion, which is basically, we tend to make the same mistakes over and over and over until we've learned from them.
0: Right. <laughs> so
1: something that I always encourage my clients to do is one to understand their relationship patterns. Mm-hmm. Like what's what's the goal, you know, and who what do you want to be with? You know, what would be an up level for you where you're really learning something about yourself or learning something about this person and Maybe what have you not experienced in the past that you really need to manifest and experience now? And that takes some time because you have to kind of go very internal and then go through like each relationship and figure out what drew you to the relationship and then what wasn't working in the relationship. So that's a huge part of relationship psychology is not repeating past mistakes The second huge part of relationship psychology is understanding your family dynamics. So understanding your family of origin and perhaps, you know, if you've dated narcissistic people in the past, which I certainly have (laughs) and all my clients have is that, you know, typically what's happened is one or both of their parents had narcissistic tendencies. And so what happens is we seek out what's familiar. We understand that this is known. Yeah. And sometimes when we make a bold shift that we're like, no, that's my pattern and I'm not doing that anymore. And we go in the opposite direction, it starts to feel really uncomfortable. So we need guides or coaches or therapists who help us basically break our long-standing patterns. Well, first they help us become aware of what they are. And then they help us break them so that we can have a different outcome than we've had in the past. But that's also why I think a little time between relationships is super important. You know, because that work that I'm describing takes time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if we kind of buzz around from relationship to relationship to relationship, two things happen. One is we kind of are just freely using time and energy, that we're giving it away when we really need it for ourselves to take ourselves to the next level. You know, like when I had that four-year period I was telling you about, I was very much like, why won't this end? Like, why is this going on and on and on? And oh my God, when is it going to be over? And then I kind of started to say, well, no, I'm being changed. I'm being worked on so that I can teach from a different level or I can guide from a different level. And where I had been giving that energy in the past to men I dated or even my employer, and I started giving it fully to me, you know, I just started feeling so much calmer and so much better. And I started figuring out my finance issues and I started figuring out my business and where I wanted to travel and do business and how I wanted to grow the business and the kind of clients I wanted to attract. And it was like, I realized I had given my energy and time away too cheaply Mm -hmm. to people who weren't giving me anything back.
0: Why do we do that?
1: (laughs) Because we're so socialized to be in relationship. Mm. From the time we're children, we're told, "Get married," and we see movies that basically reinforce this imagery of some Prince Charming coming to save us. Mm-hmm. And we don't spend enough time, I think, looking at statistics. I'll give you a marital statistic. It should sober everyone right up. <laughs> the marital statistic is more than 50 percent of marriages end in divorce, and of those people who stay married. Seven out of 10 report being unhappy. So marriage and relationship is not the answer. The answer is marriage and relationship at a higher level of consciousness where you've taken some time out to clear a lot of the patterns of behaviors or the wounds of the past and just develop an awareness so, it's basically like you're pulling your, you're up leveling yourself. And then as you up level, so here's something, you know, I'll just insert this, in, you know, based on the date you told me. To me, a very conscious man, one who was very conscious, may have come to you at that second date in conversation and said, you know, I'm feeling like we're going way too fast and it's making me cranky. Can we take some space? Or, you know what, I woke up this morning, I'm feeling kind of agitated because I got bad news from my boss. And I don't want to project that onto you. So can I have a little space to myself so I can work this out? So to me, that's the difference between what you experienced in a conscious relationship. What you experienced is like nobody's talking. Nobody's saying what it is that they need from each other. And you're basically just now the repository of bad energy Mm. and then you're not having enough boundaries to say, whoa, (laughs) like I don't like the vibe I'm getting and this doesn't feel good for me. So I'm going to walk out of here because I need some space,
0: right? Or whoa,
1: you know, you got to tell me what's going on because you're throwing all this bad energy at me. So that's what I mean by the up leveling where it's like both people can communicate and say this is what I need and these are my non-negotiables but to get to that place you have to do a decent amount of work on yourself you know
0: right. mm-hmm. and that's interesting that you said that because the I don't know maybe day 3 or 4 the energy was still weird so I said that like hey can we have a conversation about like what happened and how I'm feeling about it and then it just like got into an argument again and then I also I remember saying like what do you need from me but I shouldn't have it's funny that you've said boundaries because that's something that I've been working on I don't really have any and it's difficult for me to set those up and I'm hopefully I'm not the only one like with listeners and stuff like boundaries seems to be a theme of 2020.
1: Well, I teach a boundaries class. Beautiful. (laughs) Yes. That's part of, so I have a nine month curriculum that I've built. It starts every January. Um, And if you and your subscribers want, go to my website Mm -hmm. and sign up for my newsletter. So my newsletter is where I announce what I'm teaching, what the discounts are on my classes. But I'm going to say this because I want you to feel better. (laughs) Every single client I have, and including myself, the most challenging part is boundaries. Okay, cool. (laughs) That's because we were were raised in patriarchal societies that taught us to comply. Be -hmm. a good girl. Mm -hmm. Go do that. Be a good girl. Why are you creating a fuss? So for us to find our voice and say no, or no more, or enough, or uh, that's not good for me, And especially in a dating context, this to me is like the Super Bowl of boundaries, you know, because that's when the stakes are the highest. Like it's somebody you really like, you want it to work out, you've been heartbroken, you want to be happy again. And so that's the place you're going to least want to assert boundaries and rock Mm -hmm, the boat. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the problem is that until you learn how to assert boundaries, and can listen and notice whether the person on the other side can respect them, Mm -hmm. you'll keep attracting narcissists over and over and over again. The number one narcissistic deflector is boundaries. So I have a system that I teach and I'll teach it to you guys right now. Probably won't make that much sense, but it's so easy that I want you to write it down and keep it with you at all times. Writing it down. Here we go. (laughs) And we're going to use your story as a way to help your subscribers really hear how to do this. Okay. So the first thing is start to notice your feelings. Okay. The first time he got crispy with you, what did you feel? Give me a good feeling word. Did you feel afraid? Did you feel sad? Did you feel angry? Uh, Did you feel hurt? anxious. Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So you felt anxious. Now, would you call anxious a happy feeling or a not happy feeling? Not happy feeling. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Every time you have a not happy feeling, Mm -hmm. you have a need that isn't being met. So the first thing you're going to do is notice your feeling. The second thing you're going to do is identify what you need. So at that moment when you felt anxious, what was it that you needed? Did you need space? Did you need communication with him? Did you need understanding? Did you need clarity? What did you need? Yeah, needed understanding, clarity, and communication. Okay. So you needed understanding, clarity, and communication, but you didn't need space. You weren't feeling like suffocated by him necessarily. Okay. And you weren't feeling unsafe, right? No, no. You feel safe? Just give it to me good. Because right? <laughs> this is not just for you. This is for okay, all, everybody.
0: Okay. okay. Uh, I mean,
1: a tiny bit. Okay. A tiny bit unsafe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. So then at that point, because you have to keep yourself safe, but you know there's some kind of problem, Right. right you know right. there's something happening that's not okay. Yep. Well, first of all, if I had been your coach... Uh I would have tried to set you up for that whole thing to work out a little bit better. Meaning that I would have gotten him to pay for your hotel so you always had a safe place to go to. And I would have basically told you that you can't spend extended time with a stranger. It's too... It's too flooding for both you and him, even if it was hot and you had your FaceTime and you're like, I know this is my one, Mm -hmm. I would still tell you to pump the brakes on it. And we didn't even talk about sex because I don't know, this is a family show. (laughs) <laughs> but yes,
0: we have a family show now we can talk about everything that's so funny okay <laughs> so can sex, I ask baby. you did you have
1: sex with him oh yeah we did first okay night. I did yep. the first night okay great <laughs> so this is I'm not so I'm not your mom and I'm not Planned Parenthood so ultimately whatever people decide to do I'm all good with but I just am your friendly dating coach so yes. here's what I just want to say mm-hmm. two things one is that when you have sex with a person, you flood your system with oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin, which means then you become a drug addict because you've got all these feel-good bonding chemicals in your system and you want to bond with somebody. you know. And that's why we as women, we tend to kind of go nuts after we have sex with somebody. <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. Now, so <laughs> here's funny. the second thing to understand. hmm Is that a woman's worth, she's uh, uh, two things. It's one, you're holding value. In life, we tend to value more that which we pay a lot for. Right. Think about it in your own life. Mm -hmm. Your $20 sweatshirt from The Gap, do you treat that the same as your $400 leather jacket? hanging in the closet no okay. you love your $400 leather jacket because you're just like I had to save for it I looked at it in the window it was amazing and I'm not trying to compare women <laughs> to a $400 leather jacket but what I am saying is that we kind of teach people how to treat us and right. when we give away the farm too soon right we devalue our worth and we cut short a process and that process is courtship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because basically we are giving the biggest reward we have for not that much. Right. You know, and, and we're not protecting ourselves that much either because part of your job is to figure out who this person's friends are, what he does for work, what his plan for the future is, how he treats his friends and family. Do they like him? Does he do his actions and his words match? Does he have a stable relationship history? Is he a little bit narcissistic? Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Does he have an addiction? Does he believe in God? Would he go engage in some kind of help therapeutically or otherwise if he had a problem? Does he keep his side of the street clean? In a fight, will he say, I'm sorry, I was wrong? So you're trying to assess the full parameters of a person and when you introduce sex, it becomes really hard to see straight. You start getting a little crazy in the, in the thinking. So I don't know, does that feel, did that? No, that I totally agree with that. And it's interesting. I was
0: just having this conversation with my friend right before we got on the call about having sex and how sex changes things, especially if you do it too soon. And um, I read a book a long time ago and you've probably heard of it. It's Steve Harvey. It's a, like a lady. Great book. Or, yeah, and I love like Steve Harvey. I love him. He's amazing. And it was talking about, like, I read that so long ago about how you wait at least three months before you have sex with somebody. Um, just so you do all these things that you were just talking about. And, um, in my past relationship, I have waited a little bit longer and i think maybe it was some sort of like expectation because we were kind of already talking for over like a month and a half so i felt like i knew this person and then you know i'm already going to his house so it's like oh i go over there and then he does not do it like it was like a, a kind of a, an expectation perhaps in my head that i made up you know and it's like oh just because he's paying for my trip like i have to go and do that
1: so but and and then, well i think that part of your healing is this <laughs> yes <laughs> It's becoming radically selfish, mm. meaning that you always put yourself first. And if it's not good for you, so something I tell women a lot about is getting out of the fog. The fog is fear, obligation, or guilt. Fear, obligation, any Anytime guilt. you're having fear, obligation, or guilt. You're in a bad place. And even when you told that story, you're like, well, you know, we've been talking a month and Mm -hmm. a half and I felt like I had to, right? which is (laughs) obligation yes, or guilt. Like it's one of those two, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm saying to you, the narrative has to be, I am the most important thing and my health and safety. And when I say health and safety, health is physical and it's emotional. And it's mental and financial like it's all of that right so I'm not going to put myself in a place where I can get raped or where I can just get my feelings hurt and it takes up a ton of energy and time for someone I don't really even know yet
0: where were you a year ago Monica
1: Well, I'm here for you now. (laughs) I'm here for you right now. You know what we should do? You can have me on your podcast anytime you want to talk about your love life, and I'll be like, you're. Anytime you're going to make like some kind of big move, you call me on the phone, and I'll be like, no, let's set this up right. Right. It's like you know you gotta kind of like the way I see dating and relationships. This is not a sloppy Joe that we're making. This is like you know we're making like a 10 course meal that has to be assembled properly and all the component parts have to be perfect so that we can sit down at this banquet that we as women so deserve. But we've been settling for sloppy Joe meals. And now we're just so excited when we get a sloppy Joe and I say, no, (laughs) when's the (laughs) palate. Let's go back to the 10 course dinner. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God. It's,
0: oh my gosh 10 course meal or sloppy joe that's so hilarious oh goodness okay so um continuing on because we, we sorry we were helping the listeners too you were doing steps so it's like start to notice feelings. your feelings need. yeah need yep
1: yeah. what could you have said at that moment in time when he's getting crispy with you, that would have helped you get your needs met.
0: And my needs were um, understanding, clarity, or communication. Hmm, communication, <laughs> understanding. Well, I could have been like, I don't know. He's raising his voice and got like really upset and like accusatory, and I said, "You don't have to be such a dick," <laughs> is what I said. But I'm not sure what I could have said instead because I was like very shocked and then I got defensive right
1: away because obviously, yes. Well, sometimes the easiest thing to do at a moment like that is actually to just step away, you know, to just say, you know what, I don't, I just, I'm going to take a little space. So the way I do that is I say, I'm not available for this right now. Mm -hmm. When that toxic energy is coming at me, whether that's on the phone or that's in the house or that's a stranger, I say, I'm not available for this right now. And I hang up the phone or I walk out of the room or I, you know, pick up my bag and I just say, I'm not available for this right now. Well, what if you're in a moving car? Well, then I would say that when you're, Keep cool until you're to a safe zone, you know. So, here's the thing I'm trying to say, and I'm gonna be just so on point with this because it's not just your safety. You know, women call me up with stories of date rape all the time, and the thing is, is that many times they knew something didn't feel right, but they were in a bad situation they couldn't get out of. Mm-hmm. And what I say to my clients is pre plan. And sometimes, you know, when we're pre planning by ourselves, we don't like to tell our friends the things we're going to do because we don't want to hear, right? We don't want to hear, like, you can't go to California. You don't know him. But that's going <laughs> to bust, you know, like this romance you're trying to have, right? Yeah. But the thing is, I'm saying you got to have your safe zone, whether that's your coach, you know, you call up Monica and I'm your coach and you mm-hmm. say, this is what's going down. I never judge anybody. If you were going to call me and say, Monica, I want to go to California and have sex with this guy. I would say, (laughs) okay, let's just make sure you're safe. Let's just call Monica, your friend, because she just wants to make sure you're never in a car or in a home where you can't get out and be safe. That's all Monica cares about at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, is I would have said in that situation, maybe the best thing for you to have done was to say, I'm not available for this. You know, get out of the house or go into the room and lock the door or or do something that gives you, just give me, and you could have said, just give me a little space. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of take a little time to think about what you need to do. Whether that is to say, hey, you know, you're getting a little crispy. Did something happen that you want to talk about? Now, don't assume because you can, you know, you ask somebody, is there something happened that you want to talk about? That they're going to be able to do that with you because they may not be at that level yet to have that kind of emotional maturity or insight or awareness into themselves. But what you always want to do is, you know, I call it strike when the iron is cold. You don't want to become reactive, right? He's coming at you and you're like, hey, Dick, right? And that's really reactive. And where you want to be is a little bit more responsive. Right. And responsive takes time. Did you think you're
0: like, oh, yeah, respond, not react like you hear all these things all the time when it's like when it's in the moment, that's
1: when it's like hard to do so well i mean this whole thing is like the most difficult (laughs) life work ever because what we all want to do is we want to punch somebody in the face (laughs) and and that's what we see happening with society where it's like everybody wants to punch everybody in the face and i'm like no you know what now we have to kind of slow down and here's the place i kind of come at all of it is it's really like it's about me So like, yes, have I been wronged 10 times? I've been wronged like 9 million times over. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing is I always was a contributor. or I attracted that to me somehow. Mm -hmm. And I have to play smarter and better. Mm -hmm. And I have to watch where I'm making mistakes and stop engaging in patterns that lead to predictable outcomes. Do you think this has been helpful? I believe so,
0: yes. And I definitely think that we continue these patterns and mostly it was because also what we experienced when we were children. Weren't you talking about that with our parents and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, because I found that him and I were actually like acting out what my parents would do, which is so strange <laughs> to me because <laughs> that never happened previously, but maybe it did. I don't know. Maybe it did. And I was just in Different it was
1: probably day. happening in different forms, forms? and that yeah. is exactly what we do. We act out our parents' roles, yeah. and he was probably acting out his parents' roles too, which is, yeah. you, that's why you guys were probably so drawn to one another, is that you probably vibrationally were touching on each other's childhood wounds. So mm-hmm. he actually could have come into your life at, for a really important reason, because you guys can actually choose you know, to do the work and elevate that relationship to a workable relationship. Like if you know, if you have that much chemistry or care for him, you might even say to him, like, would you want to work on this with me so we can get to a healthy relationship? And I could teach you guys techniques. You know, that might be your family show. Is like I could (laughs) teach you techniques to make this a healthy relationship between you two. Right. Or you might say to him, look, I'm just, I need to work on myself and I don't feel like you're in a place to meet me there. Or are you? Like, right. do you want to have a healthy relationship that doesn't feel like our parents? Right. And then you'll have to see what he, who he is on the other side, you know? I'm just giving you a heads up. Yeah. You're like textbook what I work on because it's <laughs> yeah, basically textbook. like you guys are touching each other's childhood wounds. 100%. And that's why this has this chemical addictive quality to it. And so here's the thing I think that you have to consider. You have to really, I think, ask yourself the question, is this a good use of your time and your energy? And if it's not, what are you going to do to really heal yourself? Mm -hmm. Like in a real way, where it's basically like, I'm not going to become my parents and I'm not going to ever let a man touch me, or, you know, where there's a zero tolerance policy. I think that you guys could be potentially good together, but not now. And I think that if you chose to work on yourself, because you can't control whether he works on his, himself or not, you don't have any control over that. Yeah. But if you chose to work on yourself, um, my guess is in probably a year, you might really not want him back because you've kind of moved on to another echelon or level of thinking. And, you know, that's kind of where I would want you to be. If, if, if I was your coach, I would just be like, let's spend six months working on you and not on him at all because, you know, he's either going to meet you at that level like that level, I would get you to, or another coach would get you to, or he's not. And if he's not, that's just not viable for you. Having somebody get crispy with you because they can't say what they need or they want, that is not, that's completely unacceptable. And you've got to get to the point where you have a real zero tolerance for that. And sometimes, you know, when we're raised in families where that crispiness or that physicality is present, we develop like a really Thick tolerance of it, mm-hmm. and it has to be like no tolerance. Like I don't have any time or tolerance for this. It's bullshit. I deserve better, and I live in an abundant world. Like there are men falling out of trees. Like give me a break. Yeah. Like,
0: I guess just to end the uh, were those the three things? Was there three steps? What we were talking about? So,
1: so yeah, let's do this. So one. <laughs> yeah. I feel. I feel. Anxious, you're making me feel anxious. I feel anxious. Mm-hmm. Two, I need I need to understand why are you getting crispy at me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And three, you know what? Can we take some space so we both cool down and can have a rational conversation about what's happening here? Cool. And that's how you really just have that's a beginning boundary. A beginning so it's boundary. Just, yeah, it's just don't throw your negative energy on the me. That's for you. Mm-hmm. And two. You know, what do you need? Because I need some understanding and some clarity because this just went crazy within a nanosecond and I don't know what happened. Right. And that's all it is, but always keep yourself safe. and Don't put yourself in dangerous situations.
0: Those are really great points that hopefully the listeners can...
1: I think this might have helped you. Oh, for them.
0: Yeah, (laughs) because it was so real.
1: It's so real, you know. It's like this is not just you. This is, this is all of us. This is all
0: of us. Yeah. This is
1: all of us
0: learning how to navigate this.
1: And this is men too they don't know how to do it either so just like none of us know how to do anymore and you know we just basically have to slow down and go into some lessons of how to do now courtship in a pandemic in a pandemic technology (laughs) like we have a lot of stuff going down you know a lot
0: of stuff going down and it's just like we aren't taught this stuff in school no. You know, like it would be a gr- it would be great if this was relationship
1: one-on-one, one-on-one. Well, that's why my business is called School of Love. There we because go. Because I decided that it wasn't taught in school and it yes. was like the most important thing we need to understand how to do. Oh
0: my gosh. So it's perfect. changing
1: so fast with technology and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just, honestly, we've never had a more complicated landscape than we have now. Mm -hmm. Like what we have now is unprecedented, what we have to deal with. Mm
0: -hmm. So Monica, you're doing your school of love starts every January and you take on people and do they all, we all work together. We work privately
1: one-on-one. How does it work? Uh, So I work privately with very high-end clients Mm -hmm. Um, and then I work in group Um, that my group starts every January. It's a nine to 10 month curriculum. We meet every Tuesday night at 7.30 from around the world and I teach everything from boundaries to the psychological reasons why relationships happen, um, the must-haves to fend off narcissistic suitors, how to heal your underlying childhood wounds and raise your vibrational frequency. This is all part of my curriculum and I'm really just trying to build female-led relationships that the world has never seen before
0: Mm, oh my gosh amazing that's so awesome I want to learn more and I'm sure a whole bunch of other people want to learn more I love your energy and thank you for doing the work that you do because I agree we need we need that guidance and we need to be strong female leaders
1: in our lives and hundred percent yeah thank you for having me and being so honest you are just a just a gem and you deserve all the best to happen to you today and always. Thank you, Monica. I'd
0: love to have you on again, so we definitely will. And I'm just want to say um, I'm just sending you love and support for what's going on down there today and Thank you. yeah. <laughs> we'll, Thank you. I really appreciate we'll, it. We'll be in contact. I think you're
1: going to be my new coach. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Yeah. Thank you. You're Bye. Awesome. Namaste. Namaste. Mm-hmm.